Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to New York. Attention fans, this is the Devil's State of Mind Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now here's your host, Neil Villapiano! Devils fans, it is always your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day as always, wherever you're listening to these podcast episodes. Thank you guys for taking some time out of your day to check these episodes out. I really, really do appreciate it. These episodes and everything we do here at the Hockey Podcast Network are sponsored by the awesome people at DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure when you sign up for DraftKings to use our promo code THPN. Folks, we don't have a game to talk about, but we have a major issue that we have to discuss, and it is once again the goaltending issue. Um... It's very frustrating that I once again have to do an episode talking specifically about this position. And I think it's crazy how much I think when you look back now, how much we take for granted. You know, we're very critical of goaltenders, I feel like, with the Devils. And I, and again, we, we take it for granted because we had arguably the best goaltender in NHL history uh, play for this team for 20 years. Um, so obviously, uh, you you certainly expect a lot of things. You expect, you know... The, the goaltending to be, you know, superb. And quite frankly, other than, you know, Gory Schneider and Mackenzie Blackwood, the Devils really just haven't had a lot of decent, consistent goaltending. And this year in particular, I think just kind of takes the cake. I mean, it's just ridiculous with the amount of player, with the amount of goalies that we've had play at least one game this year. And we are not even at the halfway point of this season. And now with the latest news that we got, the, the goaltending issue really in many ways is in dire straits and it's very, very concerning. So what I wanted to do today was kind of throw out about five, six different potential goaltenders, some that are much more realistic than others, but I threw in some unrealistic names as well, because I wanted to bring up some points with those unrealistic names. Uh, and you can see from, if you follow us on Twitter at devil state or on Instagram at devil state of mine, um, you will see from the graphic that I made uh, some of the goaltenders that we are going to be talking about. But if you're just uh, catching on this episode, um, make sure you stay and listen to the whole episode so you know which ones I'm talking about. So 
as I just mentioned, and I'll mention again, we have a ton of things to talk about here on this episode of the Devil State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So let's kind of open up with this. The Devils at the time of this recording currently have one goaltender available for Thursday's game against the Islanders, which right now at the time of this recording is still happening. Um, the Devils still have several players uh, on COVID uh, on the COVID protocol, and I don't know how likely it will be uh, for some of those other guys that um, can come off and be ready to go for that game. I know that the New York Islanders just put, uh, I believe, Pulak and also Barry Trotz in COVID protocol. So there is a little bit of a concern as to, you know, is it safe enough for these teams to play? Um, and I mentioned in the previous episode, this is the only game in the next 10 days or so. I mean, the next game after this is like the middle of next week against Arizona because you have several games that you were supposed to play against the Canadians and the Maple Leafs that got postponed uh, and they were going to be in Canada. So obviously the Devils are going to have a considerable amount of time off. And if they don't play on Thursday, then you're, you're looking at potentially uh, a week and a half of not playing a single game. Um, you know, and, and again, it's one of those things where COVID is rearing its ugly head. And you look at the fact of just, you know, with this crazy new variant that we're hearing about, you know, Delta Cron, a mixture of the Delta and Omicron variants. I mean, it just, it does not feel like things are improving and are going to be improving, but I still try to hold out hope that as we progress and more people get vaccinated, things like that, um, things will improve. But uh, the main the main thing with this is just the fact that the Devils right now have one goaltender on um, that's active right now that's available to play tomorrow um, because Akira Schmidt who has played one or two games so far this year has been put in COVID protocol he was put on COVID protocol back on Tuesday and we also got word that a staff member. And was put on COVID protocol and Mackenzie Blackwood, we were awaiting on tests. So it was just a matter of, you know, is Blackwood going to be able to play in this game? Because if Blackwood's good to go, he's most likely getting the nod on Thursday. Well, uh, we got word Wednesday morning that uh, Mackenzie Blackwood came back with a positive test and was going to be put on COVID protocol. So with that uh, being the case, there is now just one singular goaltender on the Devils roster that is available to play, and that is John Gillies, who the Devils traded for about a month ago from St. Louis and has played one or two games himself. And the only other available goaltender, and honestly, he's not even really available, is Merrick's Mittens, who currently right now is in Utica, and the Utica Comets need him. And the problem also for Merrick's Mittens is this. He signed a AHL deal with the Utica Comets. He did not sign an NHL deal. So the Devils are not allowed to call him up unless they sign him to an NHL contract. Is there the possibility that he could be signed and called up? Potentially, but we did get word from people down in Utica that Merrick's Mittens is projected and is going to be staying in Utica this week. So the question then becomes, who the hell is going to be the backup goaltender for uh, John Gillies? Because most likely Gillies is going to be the guy in net on Thursday. Uh, Lindy Ruff spoke to Steve Cangelosi on Wednesday after practice. And Lindy Ruff said that there is a very likely possibility that the Devils will be having a goaltender with no NHL experience be the backup. Um, I don't know what that necessarily means. It could be an emergency backup. It could be a trade. It could be a free agent signing. 
I have absolutely no idea what the Devils are going to do. And at the time of this recording, ladies and gentlemen, the Devils have not announced anything. So we don't know, and we probably will not know until tomorrow. So there is a lot, and I mean a lot, of uncertainty with the goaltending position just for Thursday's game. And again, the hope is, is that after Thursday's game, if it indeed happens, the Devils will then have a, a good amount of days afterwards to get guys through, especially if they're asymptomatic and the um, the wait period is only five days now. The hope is, is that the Devils will get some guys back and will be okay. But I want to make this very clear, and a lot of you guys will agree with me. The goaltending situation is a mess, not necessarily to the fault of the Devils themselves. The Devils have had an extreme amount of bad luck. And let's just look at the last you know, year and a half. Let's look at the last year, almost two years now. Corey Schneider, who was on this team for, for five, six years, was finally bought out of his contract in the final year of his deal. That had to be done. It sucked that it had to happen, but you knew it was coming. The Devils then signed Corey Crawford, who we all looked at as a great, legit 1B goaltender to Mackenzie Blackwood to test him, to push him to be better. And Corey Crawford, before ever playing a single game for this team, decided to retire. So the Devils were left shorthanded. They had to play Scott Wedgwood a bunch. They had Eric Comrie playing at least one game, Aaron Dell as well, and obviously Mackenzie Blackwood. You go into this offseason, and again, the focus was you had to find a legit number one B goaltender to compete with Mackenzie Blackwood for minutes. And you found that in Jonathan Bernier, who last year was literally the best player that the Detroit Red Wings had. And imagine what Jonathan Bernier would be doing now if he was still in Detroit, considering the success that Detroit has had so far this year. But Jonathan Bernier, he plays something like six, seven games, and then has a hip injury and has to get surgery and is done for the rest of the year. Then you have the situation with Nico Dawes. And if you remember Nico Dawes, he got a win in his first NHL game. He's shown a lot of promise. He ended up getting sent down because, quite frankly, he's not ready for the NHL yet. Goes back down to Utica, gets hurt a month and change ago, and there still is no definitive idea as to when he's going to come back. So he, unfortunately, might be suffering from what I call the Mike Camilleri disease, where we think he's going to be back, and then it just lingers on and on and on. So you have that. Then you have Akira Schmid, who is just not ready for the NHL. There's no disrespect because I still think he has a, a huge amount of talent. But guys like Nico Dawes and Akira Schmidt need more time down in the minors to develop themselves. And both of them have played and were playing extremely well while they were down in Utica. Then you had Scott Wedgwood, who understandably so we put on waivers, not thinking that anybody would pick him up. And then it was deja vu, like the first time he got put on waivers, the Coyotes picked him up. And now he's with the Coyotes the rest of the season, unless for some weird reason they end up putting him on waivers, which I doubt, considering how bad, and I mean bad, the Arizona Coyotes have been. And lastly, you have John Gillies, who at best is a fringe backup. I mean, we got to call it like it is. I don't mean any disrespect, but the dude is not really that solid. So all in all, this just brings me to the point of this. Tom Fitzgerald needs, and I mean needs with a capital N-E-E-D-S needs to find a legit number two backup or 1B goaltender to help Blackwood and the Devils just this year. I'm not necessarily suggesting we do anything crazy, but there are some options out there that the Devils could you know, use and try to do that could very well help them this year and maybe potentially help them down the road. The Devils have to find something because here's the thing. 
And I saw this from Dan Rosen of NHL.com, his mailbag earlier on Wednesday. Um, somebody asked him about the Devils goaltending situation and Mackenzie Blackwood. Dan Rosen said that Mackenzie Blackwood has talent, but he has not shown himself to be that legit number one goaltender, that franchise goaltender that we all hope that he is or that we've been hoping that he would be. And he needs to be tested. And that's what Fitzgerald was trying to do by bringing in a Corey Crawford, by bringing in a Jonathan Bernier, somebody who is legit that could come in, steal minutes from Blackwood and make him better. Now, once again, we have to put most of the pressure on Blackwood to be good. And to be quite honest with you, he has been very, very inconsistent. He has, he's had, a, he's had some great games and he's had some not so great games. And it's tough when you're playing him virtually every game. And because you don't have confidence and you don't really have any good options that we could sit there and say, okay, I feel pretty good about this. As for Jonathan Bernier, I mean, he signed a two-year deal. I think that there is a likely possibility, considering the injury at his age, there could very well be a potential that he's not here next year. He might retire. I don't know. I don't want to think that far ahead. I'm trying to focus on the now because it is because this is where we are. The Devils right now are seven points at the time of this recording, seven points out of a playoff spot. And I know that some Devils fans don't want to think about that and everything like that when you play 36, 37 games so far this year. But you look at it. Despite all the stuff that the Devils have gone through, that six-game losing streak, um, guys getting hurt with, with Dougie Hamilton being out long-term, Miles Wood, who's still months away from even potentially playing this season, and other guys like that, and dealing also with COVID, that the Devils are still in a relatively decent position with more than half of the season left to play. So this is where it becomes a, a huge necessity. And I want this to be clear. I am not blaming Tom Fitzgerald or quite frankly, anybody for what has happened with the devil's goaltending situation when it comes to just trying to get somebody because the last two guys, the devils have gotten have had either bad luck or just decided before the year started to just ultimately not play at all. And nobody could project that Corey Crawford would retire and nobody could expect Bernier to get hurt and get injured and be out for the year. So that's where it is. And by the way, I mentioned this before, Mackenzie Blackwood's heel is still not fully healthy. He's still dealing with that. He's talked about he's dealing with a lot of discomfort with it. So there's a good chance he may have to get another surgery on that heel next offseason, but he's going to play it through this year. But that's a major problem because if you want Corey, if you want Mackenzie Blackwood to be your number one moving forward, you have to get him some help so that he doesn't completely regress. And that's where I'm worried about. And for Blackwood, it's a combination of him having some bad games, but also the team still not giving him the support at times that he needs. And this is the, re you know, this is the reason why we're still not sure with Mackenzie Blackwood. So, you know, could Blackwood be the potential number one goaltender for the future? I think there's a good shot, but there's always the possibility considering the things that I just pointed out. But I want everyone to understand this. I have a list of six candidates that I'm going to explain. Some, like I mentioned before, are pretty reasonable that I think the Devils could potentially look at. I'm not saying they're going to do this by Thursday. Um, the Devils also have $13.4 million in cap space uh, for the rest of the year at least right now, and they still are going to have a decent amount of cap space next offseason when guys like P.K. Subban's contract comes off the books. And you already have guys like Nico Heischer, Jack Hughes, Dougie Hamilton, 
guys like that, you have those guys locked up. And granted, there are other key you know, components of this team you have to give money to, but I'm just trying my best to focus on the player, the, 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 the guys that the Devils could focus on right now. So with that being said, let's go through this list and I will give reasons for each one of them. The first guy on our list is Jonas Corposalo, 27 years of age. He is currently the backup goaltender for the Columbus Blue Jackets, a Blue Jackets team that the Devils just played twice last week, and they saw Corposalo in both games. And we have seen that Corposalo can be a, a solid goaltender. We saw what he did in the bubble when he made something like 70 saves in a game. I mean, this guy has proven to be a really, really, really good goaltender. Granted, his record, 4-7-0. His 3.79 goals against average and his 0.884 save percentage is not great. But at the same time, Columbus is kind of in the same position the Devils are in. They have really they have good goaltending or some resemblance of it with Elvis Merzlikens and also Corpusalo, but they're not getting the support that they need. Corpusalo has also been subject to trade rumors. Now, I will remind you of this. When uh, Kiwi Links, the goaltender who tragically passed away uh, during the summer, who was a uh, young goaltender in the Columbus Blue Jackets organization, when he was still alive and part of the Blue Jackets organization, it was looking like that Corpusala was going to end up being the odd man out, that they were going to have to trade one of these guys. And they didn't want to get rid of Merce Leakins because of what he's been able to do. So Corpusala seemed like the odd man out. I still think that there is a chance that Corpusala is a guy that gets moved during this year. And I do believe that there are several teams, including the Devils, that very much are going to have interest in a guy like Corpusal because of the because of the uh the solid play that he can bring. Now, Corpusal signed a two-year, $5.6 million contract with the Columbus Blue Jackets before last season, including all that is guaranteed, an annual average salary of 2.8. And this year, uh Corpusal is earning a base salary of $3.4 million while carrying a cap hit of $2.8 million. So that's really not that much. And he'll be a free agent at the end of this year. So I look at it this way. That could be a type of goaltender the Devils could make a deal for. I don't know if Columbus is seriously considering moving him right now, considering the Devils and Blue Jackets in points-wise are tied and they're both in the same position, seven points out of a playoff spot. I don't know. But maybe down the road could be a possibility. If the Blue Jackets don't feel confident that they can keep him long term, then the Devils could very well come in and try to make an offer for him, especially if the Devils are trying to make a playoff run, could very well help them. He also could be a guy that the Devils could try to bring in and also maybe sign to a one or two year deal to once again try to be that 1B goaltender to Mackenzie Blackwood. So that is an option. I think it's not that bad of an option. I don't think the Devils would have to break the bank to get somebody like him. But I think it would just depend on where are the where are the Devils going to be in the next couple of weeks and where are the Blue Jackets going to be in the next couple of weeks. They're both right now even. They're both right now even. So that, might, that would make it harder, especially if the Blue Jackets are trading within the division, which I don't see the Blue Jackets wanting to do. But it is an option. It is an option, and I think it's a decent option at that. Now, the second guy that actually came up as a possibility earlier on in the day when I was writing the script, he wasn't on the original script, but I added him in later after I was after I got some news about him, is 36-year-old Yaroslav Halak, who currently is with the Vancouver Canucks. He was a guy that, if you remember, when I was previewing the offseason and going through positions, I had mentioned him about, about Yaroslav Halak being 
a guy that could come in for a year or two and be that 1B goaltender. Yaroslav Halak has been relatively consistent since he got into the NHL. The Bruins really liked him last year. He hasn't done that well with Vancouver, but then again, Vancouver got off to a very bad start, and they're relying heavily right now on Thatcher Demko. But Yaroslav Halak could very well be a guy that um, the Devils could benefit from. And even so, and this is another big piece of information. Again, why I put him in in the second version of the script is that NHL insider Chris Johnson reported earlier in his, well, he reported in his most recent article for the Toronto Star, or Toronto Sun, I believe, that the Vancouver Canucks are willing to move on from Yaroslav Halak. So, I mean, is it something, again, that the Devils would have to break the bank for? No. that And that is a um, an NHL veteran, a guy that, yeah, he's pretty high up there in age, but can still be pretty good. And look at this. His record right now currently is 1-4-2. Not great. But his goals against average, 2.59. And his save percentage, 0.915. So to me, it's not necessarily that Halak hasn't played well when he's in net. It's that because Vancouver got off to such a bad start and wasn't scoring a whole lot and, and really struggling, that Halak was losing some games and that his win-loss record doesn't look that good. That was Corey Schneider's big problem for several years. His goals against average save percentage were tremendous, but his win-loss record wasn't that good because the team wasn't helping him. So that's just kind of a that's a point that again I'm trying to make that the win-loss record doesn't look great, but it's not from a lack of him not playing well. He's been doing as best as he can with the situation that he's in. Um, Halak signed a one-year, $3 million contract this offseason with Vancouver. Um, it's an annual average salary. I mean, it's $3 million. He's earning a base salary of $750,000 and a signing bonus of $750,000. And his cap hit is $1.5 million. So that's an even cheaper option for the Devils for just this season. That's just not, that's not very much. And a guy that could definitely come in that could be that veteran goaltender. Now, is he going to guy that is he going to be a guy that's going to compete heavily with um, Blackwood for minutes? Probably not, but he's a guy that you can plug in every couple of games here and there that could probably do well with a team that has a little bit better defense than maybe Vancouver does. Um, but you can see how Vancouver has, you know, in many ways, miraculously come back to life with adding Bruce Boudreaux as the new head coach. And they're all of a sudden back in the thick of things in many ways, with still not even halfway through the season, but Vancouver sounds like they are willing to move on from Halak. So maybe Tom Fitzgerald thinks about it and maybe makes a call to Vancouver to see if they are indeed willing to make a move. I don't know what it would cost, and I'm not going to try to sit here and give you an idea, but it's something that I should mention. So Yaroslav Halak, I think, is another decent, not totally crazy option for the Devils. Now, the third guy is a, in some ways, like, He's a risk. Let's put it that way. And that is Anton Hudobin, 35 years of age, currently with the Dallas Stars. Um, he's 3-3-1 this year with a 3.73 goals against average and a .873 save percentage. If you remember back in the bubble, he was one of the big reasons that the Dallas Stars got to the Stanley Cup Finals in that bubble year. He was really, really good. And he was a hot commodity in the free agent market a year ago. 
And because of that, he ended up getting a pretty decent deal from the Dallas Stars. He signed a three-year, $10 million contract um, before last season started. All of it is guaranteed, and he's earning an annual average salary of $3.3 million. He will be a free agent at the end of the 2023-24 season. Now, the only issue with Anton Hudobin is simply this. He has struggled a lot this season, so much so that he was sent down to the AHL team for the Dallas Stars over a month, almost two months ago, almost two months ago, and has not come back up since. And he was put on waivers, but the problem is that he's making a, a, a decent amount of money for a guy that's going to have some term for next season and the season and, and you know, the season after that. So when you look at it, you know, next year would be the final year of his contract. I think that if the Devils were to make a move for Hugh Dobin, they would have to feel confident that he would not only, you know, do decently, you know, now, but also could help the team out next year to maybe give guys like Nico Dawes, Akira Schmidt, Merrick's Mittens, um, Jakob Merrick, guys like that, um, an opportunity for another year of development. That's just an option. Hugh Dobin is somewhat of a risk because of his age, because of the, the poor play that he's had this year. But maybe if he got another shot in the NHL this year in a lesser role than what he had when he was in Dallas, um, could very well work. I don't know, again, what Dallas would be looking for. I would imagine that Dallas would not ask for too much considering that he's in the minors and that the Stars maybe would like to move on from that contract because Braden Hopey has done pretty well. You still have Jake Ottinger, who, you know, showed some brilliance in the playoffs as well as last year as well. I mean, there, there's they do have some options right now. So Hugh Dobin is the odd man out right now and uh, could very well be a potential veteran option um, for the Devils. Again, another guy that uh, is, is what you could say a, a possibility, but a, probably a little bit less likely because of the fact of his contract and maybe the Devils don't want to, necessarily have to take on some term unless that that's what they're looking for right now they want to find a guy that they can play for the rest of this season and maybe even next year and remember guys it's not like akira schmidt and blackwood are going to be out long term it's not like they're hurt they're on covid protocol so it's a matter of just you know days maybe even a week and they'll be back um but who's to say they, they won't get put on there again but I'm trying to make a point to say the Devils still need to find somebody that's going to be consistently there and have and at least have some NHL experience. Because right now the Devils only have one goalie on the roster with legit NHL experience, and that's Mackenzie Blackwood. So to recap so far of the list of potential uh, candidates for the Devils' uh, potential 1B goaltender, uh, Jonas Korpisalo, Yaroslav Halak, and my most recent option is... Um, Anton Hudobin. The NFL playoffs are here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have something to play for this wildcard weekend. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with daily DraftKings Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use our promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team 
Bet just $5 and win $280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN. This wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The second half of my list is way more controversial. And I totally understand completely if you guys are just going to immediately say no, don't even want to listen to it, anything like that. But I just throw these names out there because honestly, what is the worst that could happen? The worst that could happen is that they all these teams and players say take a hike, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think it necessarily hurts to at least try. And here's the first guy, Marc-Andre Fleury. Now, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Why would the Blackhawks do this? Well, the Blackhawks are the 26th uh, lowest team out of 32 right now. Granted, the Devils are 25th, but still. Uh, the Blackhawks are definitely, barring some crazy winning streak, are not going to be going anywhere this season. And it looks more and more like that Marc-Andre Fleur is going to be one of the handful of guys that the Chicago Blackhawks do try to move at the deadline and kind of go from there, especially with, you know, Bowman God, their head coach got fired. I mean, and then you have obviously the whole, the whole scandal earlier this year. It just, the, the biggest thing for, I think the best thing for the Blackhawks is to clean slate and kind of go from there. And I think Flurry would actually get them a decent amount. Um, from some suitors, but let's kind of just go through this slowly and I will make my points as to why I think the Devils should take a shot and then go from there. So Mark Andre Florid currently has a record of 11, 11, two with a 2.88 goals against average and a 0.910 save percentage. Early on in the season, Flurry was really struggling like the rest of the team was. More recently, he's looked like the Marc-Andre Flurry of old, and he's he's really gotten back into that form, and I think it's really important. He is 37 years of age and kind of uh, getting close to the end of his career, and I'm sure that Flurry would like to try to go somewhere where he'd have at least one more shot at making a run for the Stanley Cup. Um, and, and that's just the way I look at it. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury's contract situation, which I've mentioned before in another in several other episodes when I talked about Fleury again being another one of those guys that could have potentially been an option for the Devils um, as that 1B. Uh, he signed a three-year $21 million uh, $21 million contract with the Golden Knights back before the 1920 season. Uh, all of it's guaranteed annual average salary of $7 million. This year, he's earning a base salary of $6 million while carrying a cap hit of $7 million. So it's, it's a pretty decent amount. But again, nothing that the Devils could not afford for the rest of the year. That's just the way I look at it. And that's another, that's one of the reasons why I put him here because the Devils could easily afford it. Um, like I mentioned before, Chicago is struggling. They're currently 10 points out of a playoff spot, which again, not even halfway through the season, it's still very possible they can make a run. But to me, it seems very unlikely that Chicago is going to get things going. 26th out of 32 teams. Um, but here's something that we mentioned earlier this year that uh, was proven to be true. Uh, we talked about that Marc-Andre Fleury had a no-trade clause in his contract. And the question was, were the Devils one of the teams on that no-trade clause? Well, as it turns out from the information that we got from some insiders that Marc-Andre Fleury has a modified, I believe it's seven-team no-trade clause, 
And unfortunately, the Devils are one of those teams. And, and the interesting thing is that Tom Fitzgerald called Vegas a couple of times, and it seemed like if the no trade clause wasn't, a, you know, wasn't there, that the that Vegas could have very well entertained an offer from the Devils because the Devils had probably one of the better offers. We don't know what that offer was, but they couldn't even get to that part because Vegas said to Tommy Fitz that, look, Flurry has a no trade clause and you're one of the teams on there. So he's not even going to entertain it. Um, and that's why he ended up in Chicago because Chicago was one of the teams that he did not have on his no team on his no team, uh, no trade clause. Um, so when you look at it, when you look at it this way, flurry is on the last year of his deal. I don't know what his future holds. He may go back to Pittsburgh. I don't think so. Because if you look at what uh, Jari and, and DeSmith have done this year and where Pittsburgh is, I don't know why they would bring him back. I don't know if Flurry would want to play after this year. He very well could be also looking to try to go to a team that has a more legit shot of making a run. Um, Edmonton might be a decent option, even though Edmonton's been struggling a lot, but that's a team that has been up in discussion about potentially bringing in a guy like Flurry. But other than that, I mean, is there really any more other, any other decent options? I mean, I could think about maybe the New York Rangers if they wanted to move on from Georgiev and give Georgiev an opportunity to go somewhere like Chicago and be that potentially number one guy competing with Kevin Lankin in. Um, but again, the Rangers would probably have to make some moves to afford it. I don't know what their cap situation is. Um, to me, I could look at it this way. Marc-Andre Fleury would, would be somebody that the Devils would trade for for only these reasons. One, it's got to be at the deadline. Two, the Devils have to be in a playoff spot where there's a really good shot that they're probably going to make the playoffs. And three, if Chicago is out of it. If Chicago is out of it, then obviously you're going to probably see them make moves. But if they're like on the fringe of it, they may not necessarily move anybody. They may just decide to keep everybody and go from there. But again, we have a lot of time before we get to the deadline. Um, so obviously there's a lot of factors that go into this. And again, Flurry would actually have to waive his no trade clause to come here. If he was interested in coming here, then that makes the deal easier. As far as what the Devils would have to give up, they'd probably have to give up something like a first round pick, maybe even a couple of second round picks. Luckily, the Devils have a decent amount of picks over the next couple of years um, because of the situation that there is. Um, but there, like I said, there's a lot of barriers that the devils would have to break just to even give themselves a legitimate shot. Um, so again, that's a shot in the dark, very much a shot in the dark, not an entirely crazy one, but I think because of the fact with the no trade clause that flurry has, I think it just makes it harder, um, to do it, but I throw it out there because in sports, uh, we always expect the unexpected, and sometimes the unexpected like that could happen. So, Mark Andre Fleury is a very, very low, out of the you know, you know, shot in the dark type possibility, and I just throw him on the list. Now, another guy that definitely feels like an even less likely possibility is Tuka Rask, um, and here's why. Let me explain. First of all, Tuka is 34. Um, again, massive, massive shot in the dark massive uh he didn't sign with anybody in the free in free agency so for a while it did look like that 
there was a chance that maybe Ras could go somewhere else or that he could ultimately retire and go back to Finland. Um, but Mark, but not, uh, Tuka Rask made it clear during the offseason that if he was going to come back to the NHL, he was not going to sign with anybody but the Bruins. Um, so it was it was very obvious. And Tuka Rask has been recovering from uh, a surgery that he got to repair a torn labrum uh, in the offseason. And he's been um, rehabbing and practicing in Boston with the team as like an emergency backup goaltender, so to speak. Um, so, again, it, it just didn't seem like that he was going to go anywhere else. Uh, last week, he signed a, a professional trial contract with the Providence Bruins, the um, the Boston Bruins AHL affiliate, um, but he never got to play a game because of a COVID situation down in the NHL. So yesterday, on Tuesday of this past week, of this week uh, the Boston Bruins did announce that Tuka Rask has signed a one-year contract. It's a for a prorated $1 million uh, to for the rest of the season. Now, the Bruins had a log jam in net prior to the most recent news. And the log jam in net was simply had to do with the fact of Linus Allmark and Jeremy Swayman. Now for Linus Allmark, there was absolutely no chance that Allmark was going to get moved at all. Uh, he signed a four-year deal worth $20 million uh, in the off season, uh, $5 million average annual value. He was a guy that again, was another option that I said could be a guy that the devils could look at to try to, you know, bring as a 1B guy. But I think Omar was looking to go somewhere where he could actually legitimately play a lot and everything like that and maybe even be a number one. And that's basically what he's been um, in Boston so far this year. At the time of this recording, Omar has a very impressive 11-5-0 record with a 2.57 goals against average and a .917 save percentage. And the Bruins are currently in the second wildcard spot. So that's where they are. Uh Omar would have to go through waivers if he was somehow sent down to the AHL, which is not going to happen. It's absolutely not going to happen. And if the Bruins even decided they were going to trade him, first of all, then what was the point of bringing him in? Second of all, who is going to take that contract for the next three years? Not even the Devils with a decent amount of cap space would do that. And then you have Jeremy Swayman, who I think we all knew at the beginning of the year was going to end up being the odd man out because the good thing for him uh, well, not for him specifically, but for the Bruins, is that he doesn't have to go through waivers to go to the AHL. So that would have been a guy, Jeremy Swayman would have been a guy that I would say the Devils could pick up if he had to go through waivers because he's a young kid with some NHL with some NHL experience. I mean, the dude has played o- almost 20 games this season um, and a guy that could very well be a, a young 1B goaltender to Blackwood, but that's obviously not the case. Uh, the Bruins did announce that uh, Jeremy Swayman was going to be sent down to the Providence Bruins on Tuesday um, after the Tuka Rask news. And, you know, the Bruins said, look, it's it's really unfortunate because Jeremy Swayman has played so well, 8-6-2, 2.26 goals against average at a .918 save percentage. Um, you know, it's unfortunate. Um, so, but, so the way that I look at it is simply this. I, I would look at it this way. My opinion of this would probably be different if I did this last week or even two days ago. Um, And I would just say this. No, there is no way that the Bruins would even consider moving Tuka Rask for any reason. And Tuka Rask said clearly that he did not want to go anywhere else. But I did say on social media, and some Devils fans actually thought about it as well, even some pretty reliable people uh, that I've talked to said, you know what? It couldn't have hurt 
for the Devils to ask. And maybe they did. There's always things that I've said this before. There's always things that GMs do that don't actually get reported that we beg teams, our teams to make moves. And there's, and our teams may have tried to make moves that don't get reported that never got through. So that's what I'm saying. Do I think that there was ever a possibility that Tuka Rask could have come to New Jersey? I think that there was a very small possibility, a very small possibility. If Tuka Rask said, um, you know, if he said, you know, look, I just want to, I just want to get an opportunity to play somewhere. Um, I do believe that he would have signed with another team because I think Boston was ready to move forward. Um, but certainly the Bruins are going to be happy to have Tuka Rask back. Um, could things change uh, in the next couple of weeks with the way with, with Rask's, Rask's um, you know, situation hasn't played all year and things like that. Very, very possible, unlikely, but it's possible. And maybe the Devils could come back to it. I don't know. And I think it's tough, especially when Jeremy Swimmer was playing so well. And maybe they feel, maybe they want to do that. I don't know why they couldn't just put Swimmer on the taxi squad, but, you know, maybe they just had some other guys that they'd rather keep there. I, I don't know. I don't know. But Tukaresk is slash was uh, another option here. Massive, maybe the most, probably the second most massive shot in the dark, but it was just somebody that I mentioned. And I know that people are going to say it on social media when they see me post this episode that says, oh, Tukaresk signed a contract, he's going to go to Boston. Just listen to the episode before you say that, because I want you to understand where I'm coming from. And would I think it'd be awesome to have Tukaresk be that that 1B? He would be one of those guys that would be an absolute awesome uh, guy to have as a 1B. Is it possible that after this season, that very much so that Tukaras could very well look to play somewhere else. I think it's possible, especially also this. Patrice Bergeron is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Do the Bruins bring him back? Can they bring him back? I don't know. Could they afford to keep Tukaras as well? I don't know. Could Tukaras end up retiring after this year anyway? Very possible. But it's just something, it's an idea. I like having fun with these things. I like going crazy sometimes and having these fantasy GM type moments. And that was just one that I wanted to bring up. So Tukarask is and uh, was a possibility, but probably not one anymore. Now, you're going to have to sit down and roll with me with this one because this is the most outlandish, outrageous option that I know for a hundred percent fact would not happen. But still, I always say that even the most outlandish, impossible options still have a 0.011111% chance of potentially being uh, a possibility. And that is Carey Price, 34 years of age, currently with the Montreal Canadiens. Now, massive shot in the dark. I mean, extraordinary massive shot in the dark because of so many factors. Number one, he has not played all season long because he had surgery this past offseason to repair a torn meniscus. He also stepped away from the, the Canadians back in October and voluntarily entered the NHL and NHL Players Association Player Assistance Program. and. Uh, he just like a month ago or back in November, he made a post on his Instagram talking about why he chose to do that and everything like that. I do know from what I've heard from Montreal that he has been with the team and that he's rehabbing and trying to go from there. Um, Carey Price finished that program after 30 days, but due to his knee injury, he had a lot of work to do with the athletic trainer of the Habs. He's, he's on the road to recovery. 
As of now, the head coach of the Canadiens, Dom Ducharme, has said that there is a, there is still really no timeline on Price's return, but he also said no one has told him that Price would not play this season. Price is still on a long road to returning from his injury, and the Habs are in no hurry to rush him back. There was a rumor that Price could be back for the Olympics, but now the, that the NHL player is not participating in the Olympics, that timetable is off the books, which, and, which probably is a blessing for uh, Carey Price. Right now, Jake Allen and one or two other goaltenders are the goaltenders for the uh, Canadians. Jake Allen, I think, comes off the books after this season. Um, the question is simply this right now. The Canadians are really bad. They're towards the bottom of the NHL. They're doing worse than the Buffalo Sabres. The, the problem is, is this. And, and also remember, the Canadians are looking for a new GM. Could it be Patrick Waugh? Could it be Roberto Luongo? Could it be Daniel Briere? I don't know. We shall see. They have made household changes. Mark Bergevin is finally gone. They're trying to figure it out. They are trying to figure out what they want to do. Do I think most likely the Canadians will end up going to a rebuild? Yes. I believe that with the young talent that they have, and with some aging pieces on their roster, I think it does make sense. Was last year a fluke? I hate saying it, but I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was considering how bad the Canadians have been since the start of the season. And I mean, very bad. The problem, though, with Carey Price is this. Carey Price signed a massive eight-year, $84 million contract with the Canadians back before the 18-19 season. He was going to be a coveted free agent. Um, a couple of years ago before he signed. It is a $7 million signing bonus. All of it is guaranteed. And he's earning an annual average salary of $10.5 million, which is extraordinary for a goaltender. Uh, this season, Price is earning a base salary of $2 million and a signing bonus of $11 million, excuse me, $11 million, while carrying a cap hit of $10.5 million. The Devils could just about afford that. Would they, could they afford it long-term? They'd have to do a lot of maneuvering. Do I think that if anybody makes a move to try to get Carey Price, would the Canadians have to retain salary? A hundred percent. Because I don't think anybody is going to want to take on Carey Price's contract full-term, knowing that he won't even be a free agent until the end of the 26, uh, 2027 season when he turns 39. Another thing to mention is this. Is there the crazy possibility that the Canadians could just bite the bullet and buy him out? Yes. Would it be costly? Oh, hell yeah, it would. Do I think it's going to happen this year? No. I think that they'll have to evaluate a lot of this stuff moving forward. Would Carey Price even want to leave Montreal? I don't know. He's built his entire life with his family and his career in Montreal he may not be ready to move. Maybe it would be easier in the offseason for him to get moved, but I don't know. But if the Canadians are going to end up deciding to do a rebuild, he may be one of those guys that the Canadians look to try to move so that they can have some flexibility. And I'm sure that they would rather try to make some sort of deal for him um, and get something for him than to just simply buy him out unless they really have run every other option. Um, he has a no movement clause as well. So that just makes it even more impossible. I mean, Mark Bergevin really put the Canadians in a tough spot with Carey Price. Um, like I mentioned before, Montreal looks to be ready to make household changes, and Price uh, could be a big piece that goes. When you decide to do something like this, 
it's it's very very possible that he could be a guy that ends up going out the door. Um, but there's just so much to have to go into it, and he would be a guy that if the Devils even wanted to even consider. It have to be under their own terms. First of all, Carey Price would have to be okay with it. He probably won't. Um, the Devils would have to take on half his salary, which I guess wouldn't be that hard. Uh, would it be harder for the rest of the team when it comes to affording other talent and other pieces? Maybe, but since Tom Fitzgerald has stacked our uh, prospect pool with a lot of talent, I think it's. I don't think it's necessarily impossible. Um, would it be a long term thing? It would certainly be a long term. Uh, it would be a long-term option uh, for this team. And also this, it would be easier for the Devils and for everybody else if the Canadians just bought him out and he was a free agent and then the, anybody could pick him up on a more suitable contract. There's also just quite frankly, not many teams that could afford it right now. So the Canadians and Carey Price are kind of married. I, I don't see how at any point for the rest of his contract, unless he just retires or gets bought out, that this could work. Um, so he's the most incredibly unlikely, you know, you just slam the book, you know, turn off the, the, the podcast right here type of option, but I wanted to throw it out there. So all of this comes back to my point before the devils have not been able to get consistent goaltending for quite some time, whether that was even with Corey Schneider, who we never had a solid one B behind him or Mackenzie Blackwood. And he's suffering the same problem that Corey did. The point is, is that the Devils have to find the short and long-term solutions to this goaltending issue. Maybe the long-term solution is some of these young guys that we have, and they're just not ready right now. But as far as the short term, some of the other guys I mentioned, at least certainly the first three, are better options. Now, whoever the Devils have as the backup goaltender on Thursday, I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you about that. How this affects the Devils long-term, I don't know. But those are just some of the options that I wanted to share. And if I have missed anybody, or if there's any other guys that you have in mind, let me know. Follow us on Twitter at Devil State and also on Instagram at Devil State of Mind. And just you know, hit me up on DMs or anything like that. Um, and let me know. I would love to hear from you guys. Love interacting with you guys. And I want to get your guys' opinion on some of these, um, these options that I've given. Also, before I end the episode, and I mentioned this in the last episode, uh, we announced on Wednesday afternoon the winner of our... 1,000 uh, Twitter follower Nico Heeshear autograph puck giveaway. And congratulations to Rob underscore Oswald on Twitter for winning our autograph Nico Heeshear signed puck. We announced it on Twitter and also on Instagram as well. So congratulations, Rob. You and I had a little chat uh, in the DMs earlier today. You sent me your uh, mailing information. So later on this week, I will get everything set up and I will send it on your way. And if, um, you know, when you when you get the chance, once you get the puck, make sure you you send a picture and you tag us showing that you got it and everything like that and share it. Uh, we would very much appreciate it. But congratulations to Rob uh, Oswald. And we'll see what happens once we get to 1500, if we're going to do a giveaway or if we wait to 2000. But uh, again, guys, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for all the support you guys have given us on social media here on the podcast as well. It means the world to me. I'm just one guy here doing it all, both the podcasting as well as the editing and also the you know social media stuff. I just try to do the best I can to give you guys the best Devils content I can give you. And I, and I truly am so grateful for all of you. And I thank you all from the bottom of my heart uh, for all the effort, for all the support you guys have given me. And I'm looking forward to continue to do that. But uh, again, grab it. 
congratulations to Rob underscore Oswald for winning our 1,000 follower Nico Keisha autograph puck giveaway.